Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with the Reverend Robert Hayashi, the Minister of Word and Sacrament at the Richmond Hill Presbyterian Church. Welcome, Robert. Thanks, Marge, for inviting me to come on the podcast. I am very glad that we have found this opportunity to have a, a, a good conversation. I've got lots of questions for you. But let's start. Uh, can you tell us a little about yourself? I have heard that you have done a few things in your life before being a minister. Well, I will say that your sources are quite correct. Um, I am what is called a second career minister, but it probably in my case, it's probably a fifth or sixth uh, career. So I have done some uh, different things in my time. I will say that God had called me to ordain ministry decades ago, but stubbornly I ignored that call. But God still blessed me with a, a wonderful, diverse uh, career. So some of the things that may be of interest to the listeners, uh, I was a police constable with the Metropolitan Toronto uh, Police Service. I was then a fashion buyer uh, for Winners, the department store. I've been a product manager and senior business consultant with one of uh, the world's largest uh, technology companies that tends to run the back end of many big organizations. Uh, I ran the nonfiction and uh, proprietary publishing program for Indigo Books and Music, which includes chapters. I also led the charge into eBooks when that was first coming around for the Association of independent Canadian publishers. And then I ran a boutique a consulting firm and worked with a lot of venture capital firms in manufacturing, the sports industry, and in uh, technology. So yes, I've done quite a lot of different things. I've been blessed uh, to do so, but uh, have found my way uh, to what God has called me, has always called me to do. I am impressed with your what all that you have done. So, um, woo, it's very impressive. I am glad that you are here in Richmond Hill Presbyterian Church. I often see you. You have been in the community, part of the community for a long time, correct? You're right about that, Marge. I have been uh, for a number of decades part of the community. The most rewarding part, I think, for me outside of being here at Richmond Hill Presbyterian was when I was a coach and parent of hockey players at the uh, Salvation Army Junior Hockey League. And that was such a rewarding experience and a wonderful way to be a part of the Richmond Hill uh, community and to see the youth of the community uh, grow up. Yeah, very, very nice. Okay. Uh, so let's say someone has never heard of the Richmond Hill Presbyterian Church. How did, would you describe it? The building, the congregation? Yeah, great question. We are one of the historic congregations of Richmond Hill, uh, first being established in 1817, so pre-Confederation. The 
current sanctuary, which is one of the historic, beautiful sanctuaries of uh, the church uh, during the early 19th uh, century, was built in 1880. So beautiful, beautiful church uh, with a very historic organ. We have uh, a Casavant organ, which is a renowned uh, Quebec company that makes uh, organs worldwide. So um, in that way, we are historic, but we're also modern. We live in the times today. So we face all the issues uh, that anyone would who lives in Richmond Hill or in Canada these days. And as such, we are a multicultural congregation. Uh, we have uh, folks from many parts of uh, the world and we enjoy a shared culture in that. So some of the places that people come from, uh, China, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Ghana, India, Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, Cameroon, Portugal, the Netherlands, the Middle East, Persian Gulf, Scotland, England, Ireland, and, and many more uh, countries around the world as well. Woo. Do you ever have, have like a potluck dinner? It would be extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> um, potlucks are part of the ch church fabric of life. And mm -hmm. yes, we have potlucks. And we're blessed that uh, people share their uh, cooking and, and cultures in that because the the, the food, again, as you yeah. said, is quite extraordinary. Yeah, no, that 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 definitely sounds, wow, amazing. Richmond Hill's diverse, and your Richmond Hill Presbyterian Church is certainly uh, culturally diverse as well. Okay, we I would like to know a little bit about what really is a Presbyterian. How is it different from other Christian denominations? Like, are there different beliefs? emphasis, celebrations, uh, favorite hymns? Well, that's a good question. Uh, the Presbyterian Church in Canada has existed under that name since 1875. But Presbyterianism has been part of Canada from the first settlers, having been around and brought over to Canada by Scottish and French uh, Huguenot settlers. Uh, Presbyterianism is part of the Reformed tradition of Protestant churches. So similar to the Anglican Church, Lutheran Church, and uh, the United Church. We believe in the same triune God, so God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Believe in the forgiveness of sins uh, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and through the forgiveness of sins, which leads uh, to eternal life through the grace of God. So very similar to the other uh, Reformed uh, Protestant churches. Now, what makes us different, I would say, is the way we are governed. So we don't have a pope. We don't have an archbishop that is the spiritual head of the church, nor do we have uh, the diocese model of a church. The, the Presbyterian Church in Canada recognizes that Christ is the head of the church. And as such, we organize ourselves um, through more of a, um, a governance model that is representative of a model that has both clergy 
and lay elder involvement. And so the way that we're governed, instead of having a pope or an archbishop um, who would tell each congregation what to do, there is a general assembly. And that general assembly uh, dictates and votes on the policies and the doctrine of the church. And that's made up of equal number of clergy and lay elders who do that voting. And that extends all the way down to the local congregation. So here at Richmond Hill Presbyterian, we have what is called a session, which is a court of the church. And it's made up of all the ruling elders and myself as the minister being the moderator of that session. So in that way, we're, um, I guess, more democratic than some of the other um, faith traditions. Thank you very much for that explanation because it's, um, I, I needed a history lesson on how religions formed and such. And it was, it's, it is quite interesting. I, I think I need to get a spreadsheet and start, uh, differentiating all these different faiths because they, they seem more, well, they all seem more similar than different, but, uh, and I enjoy them all. So thank you. Uh, now let's talk about music and music in the church. I've heard through the grapevine that you have a new music director, but uh, how would you describe the importance of music for a church? And I need to ask you, do you have musical talent? Well, yes. Again, your sources are correct. We do have a new music director. Um, his name is Imri Ola. And he, again, very Richmond Hill Presbyterian has been blessed with having just such talented music directors. And Imri is certainly... Um, keeping within that tradition. Uh, he's had many, many years of uh, church music experience and has played in big cathedrals and small churches, not only here in Canada, but around the world. So we're very blessed to, to have him. I think the most important thing um, about Imri is that he considers church music and playing of church music as a ministry. He doesn't view it as a job or a position, but views it as a ministry. And I quite agree. Church music as a part of worship and outside of worship is truly a ministry. And we are one of the very fortunate uh, churches that has a choir that's growing. Over the last year, we've added five members to our, our choir. And that each person brings the, their God-given gifts and talents that way and adds a wonderful voice to that. And so I look forward to seeing what our new music director and, and choir director brings uh, to Richmond Hill Presbyterian and also to the community of Richmond Hill. One of the things that we were looking for was to ensure that our new music director would be willing to go outside the church to bring music, not only church music, but just music in general into the community and broaden that reach and offer concerts uh, to the community so that the community can enjoy worship and, and sort of build together um, around music. And uh, yeah. so I am not as gifted as my music director or <laughs> members of my, my choir. I like to sing joyfully in church, okay. but I may be out of tune and out of harmony <laughs> sometimes. So. <laughs> okay, very good. I am looking forward to um, meeting and hearing uh, Emery and, and the choir. So, uh, Thank you, because you've yes, your church has always had beautiful music there. It's a beautiful acoustic place, and such. Okay, so 
if someone is considering attending a service, say some Sunday morning, uh, what would you say to them? First, I would say everyone is welcome. Worship starts at 10.30 a.m. on Sundays. But I would say just to come. Come and be joyful in the presence of the Lord. Don't come with any expectations. Don't feel obligated to do anything. But just come and be joyful. Come and experience God in its fullest, its richness. Experience God where you are in your life. Oftentimes people feel that there's an expectation around church, that they're obligated to dress a certain way, uh, feel a certain way, give an offering. Someone's just first coming to Richmond Hope Christian, I would just say come and allow God to draw near to you that day. Very good. So just come about 1030, a few minutes before. Don't we need to get dressed up and just come and enjoy. So I, I like that message. God okay. loves each of us as we are, who we are in the moment that we are. And that's that's how God welcomes everyone into God's house, whether it's Richmond Hill Presbyterian or the many other uh, uh, Christian churches within Richmond Hill and around the world. Of course. Very, very good. So I really do feel that Richmond Hill Presbyterian Church is really a part of our community. Uh, I, I know you're doing one thing uh, with the Out of the Cold program, uh, assisting those who found themselves homeless. So what's happening with this? And are there other social programs that the church is involved with? I'm very thankful that this congregation is so willing to engage with the community. I think that's where the, the church needs to be. The church was never meant to be on its own, isolated behind its four walls. It's meant to be out in the community, living and experiencing and walking with others within the community. Uh, so you're right, RHPC has had a history with the Out of the Cold program. Uh, and, and this year, because there is so much uh, homeless, there was a need from Out of the Cold to have a place where they can um, bring people and sort of have a place where they can uh, do the paperwork necessary to find them um, housing. And so we've opened our doors uh, once a week based on their need so that people can have that opportunity to come in on a Wednesday and apply for housing and find ways uh, for them to get off the streets. Um, there are other programs throughout the week here. One would be Memory Lane that helps provide a space for respite for caregivers who um, a loved one is dealing with dementia. And so uh, uh, Mona Lancaster runs a wonderful program of music here uh, on Tuesday afternoons. We have a knitting group that meets on uh, Monday. Again, community knitting group that just wanted a place to meet and gather. And there are a wonderful group of ladies who have just Really, just a fun time um, of of knitting and, and fellowship, mm -hmm. and of course, Probus meets here as well, and that's a again a community group in Richmond Hill of uh, retired people who again want to stay engaged in the community and in the world. 
So there's lots of those types of opportunities. We as well have our pancake breakfast that we're well known for. And I see that much as a community event than something that is internal. You've been to them, I know, Marge, because I've mm -hmm. seen you. You will know from that there are more people from outside of Richmond Hill Presbyterian who attend those breakfasts than make up our congregation. And so for me, it's a wonderful testament to the community of Richmond Hill and building community across different faiths, different cultures, different age groups. And uh, we hope to be able to um, provide the building of uh, Richmond Hill Presbyterian for other community groups as well to, to come and, and use that space and to really build community and to serve the needs of the Richmond Hill community. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'll, I'll give an extra plug for the pancake breakfast. It's just, uh, it, it really, uh, I have such great conversations with other people when I'm there. So yeah, I enjoy the food. I don't eat pancakes anymore, but it's just, it's so good. And uh, no one stopped me from drinking too much coffee. So it's all, all good. No, you're right. It's a wonderful breakfast, but more importantly, it's just a wonderful time of community. It people, is, yeah. You know, when we go to a, a restaurant or a diner, of course, they have wonderful ones here in Richmond Hill. Food is always wonderful, but you tend not to linger. Mm -hmm. yeah. Here people linger and uh, you know, have a yeah. wonderful time of community with each other. And I think that's that's what I love about uh, our pancake yeah. breakfast system. Yeah, you should go from table to table to see talk to different people. And that I love. So, yeah. Yes, yes I absolutely do do that. And it, yeah. that's the most fun part of the day for me because I, you know, you get to see the regulars yeah. who come out every month. And it's wonderful to see that and, yeah. and to see the grandchildren who come. And, you know, I just love when they run up to their, their, their grandfather or grandmother and jump into their arms. It's, yeah. it's just a wonderful time of family and community. So you're right. It definitely is. So yeah, very good. So please keep that going. Okay. This may be a difficult question to answer, but I'm going to ask it, challenge you. How do you describe the role of church? not just your church, but church generally and looking after the needs of the community. The church has always, from its very beginning, had a role to play in the community and to be there to support the community in whatever it's doing and to tend to the needs of the marginalized and the underprivileged uh, within the community. And that hasn't changed over the two millennia that the Christian church has been around. And it's still the needs of the, the needs of the community uh, for the church to respond to. And so I would say that continues to be our, our mission as uh, disciples of Christ. It continues to certainly be the mission of this particular uh, congregation, you know, witnessing and promoting the good news of Jesus Christ through worship and fellowship and through service. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do believe that churches, the it's the essence of a church is to be helping those in need. And, uh, you know, you, you, that certainly has happened at the Presbyterian church and other local churches. And I, I feel very, for, I'm glad that that's happening. So yeah, I would agree. I mean, oftentimes in the history of the church, we thought of the mission field of the church to be places other than, our home, other than Canada, places such as Africa or Asia or South America. But 
the way the church was first founded, when Christ walked on this earth with his disciples, the church was meant to serve the needs of the community around it. The mission field was the community around it. And the church has forgotten that. And I'm glad here at RHPC, we haven't forgotten that. We still want to engage with the community and we hope to do more so. And we're thankful for um, our mayor and our members of provincial and, and uh, federal parliament who support those types of endeavors and are willing to partner with us and to identify the needs of the community so that we can serve those needs. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and I've seen all of those individuals you've named all at your church. So it's I'm I'm I think they like coming to the Richmond Hill Presbyterian Church. <laughs> so. And we like having them too. Absolutely. Yes. Very good. Okay. Um at your church, there are other programs for entertainment, for fun, uh, like those that have been offered by Mike Daly, the musicologist. I am quite a fan. Uh, see Leonard, he's done Leonard Cohen, Gordon Lightfoot, James Taylor. Uh, I have heard that uh, he loves the acoustics at your church. Uh, have you been, have you had a chance to go to any of those concerts? I have seen a few of them. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah. and uh, Jill, his wife, and their team, they do such an uh, amazing job. Yeah, it's, it's more than just the music. It's how he educates us on the background of yeah. that particular song. Yeah. So and you, you, a lot of people from Toronto come all the way up here. And I was talking to some of them, and they're like, wow, this church has pews. And I'm like, huh? And... <laughs> So um, I guess down in the Toronto churches and they take out all the pews to make it more multi-use. Um, but uh, you have your very nice wooden pews, which not only create ambiance, but I hear for acoustically, it also does a great job as well. So uh, yeah, it's uh, I thought that was amusing and it's hmm, pews, church. Hmm. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> that was Richmond Hill churches have pews. Okay. Uh so the church does offer the place uh, the place to rent. You can have other music concerts. You've got a great Rickson Hall, uh, the basement. It's actually like a maze in your church, uh, but you do offer it. And there's a, a person there that you go on your website. And if you thought you wanted a, uh, a, a venue, I encourage people. People ask me all the time, where could I have a meeting? And you're on the list. So that's yeah, very good. So. Absolutely. We have a multi-use facility. Uh, not only is our sanctuary beautiful and acoustically sound, uh, where you know many music schools have recitals, uh, concerts, but our facility as well is great to have uh, meetings from as small as you know half a dozen to as large as about a hundred. So uh, there's lots of space here that the community can rent and uh, use especially yeah. for not-for-profits and those uh, mm -hmm. organizations that are, you know, are yeah. looking for that space in order for them to, to do their good work. Very good. Very good. Okay. Also part of the church, more or less, is the Pioneer Cemetery. <clears throat> Many veterans have been buried there. Uh, you had a special Remembrance Day ceremony, No Stone Unturned. Can you tell us a little about that? Yes, um, it was a wonderful uh, Remembrance Sunday uh, here at RHPC. It was on November the 12th, so the Sunday directly after Remembrance Day. 
And we did it in conjunction with uh, the Royal Canadian Legion, Branch 375, the local branch here in Richmond Hill, and the city of Richmond Hill. The local legion has a campaign called No Stone Left Alone. Left so the, Alone, okay, yep. Okay. So the idea is that the graves of veterans should not be left alone on Remembrance Day to go unnoticed and unmarked. And so what would happen is that the cadets, the Royal Canadian Air Cadets from eight Globemaster Squadron came out and worked with our church folks to go and mark each of the veterans' graves here in the uh, Richmond Hill Presbyterian Church Cemetery with a Canadian flag and a solar light so that no veteran would be left alone, no grave marker would be left alone. And then on that Sunday, um, Richmond Hill uh, Presbyterian wanted to honour our veterans, the sons and daughters of Richmond Hill who have over centuries given of themselves in the cause of peace. And so we partnered with the city and with the Legion in order to create a remembrance uh, service. And so we're very fortunate to again have all three levels of government here. Many of Richmond Hill's councillors were here, as well as the participation of uh, the Legion, its veterans, and uh, eight Globemaster Squadron from the Royal Canadian Air Cadets. And it was truly a, such a meaningful a service where we would remember the sacrifice, truly the, the life-giving sacrifice of uh, the, the sons and daughters of Richmond Hill. And uh, it was especially meaningful to see the air cadets, the youth of Richmond Hill participating, and especially warrant officer, second class, uh, Daisy Way, uh, who, if you didn't catch it, she was featured on the CBC's Remembrance Day broadcast mm. here in the Richmond Hill Cemetery, talking about the No Stone Left Alone program. So it was, it was a wonderful way for the community to gather um, to honor the, the veterans and uh, the sons and daughters of Richmond Hill. And we hope that uh, because there was such a, a wonderful response to this service that we can continue on it and make it a tradition uh, each uh, Remembrance Day. Very nice, very nice. Also, you have in your property there in the cemetery this octagonal dead house. I find it interesting. I've taken many photographs. Have you ever been inside? Have you ever peeked and looked, opened the door? I have. The <laughs> um, dead house, or what it's also known by, it's the winter crypt or the winter vault. Uh, was built in 1863, so again, pre-Confederation. And I have been inside. There's really not much to, to see inside now. Uh, but for those of your listeners who don't know what a winter crypt or winter vault or dead house is, think about back then, before funeral homes and the modern-day processing of bodies. If you happen to die and be buried because the ground's frozen. And so... The winter crypt, vault, dead house, was used to store bodies. And so the octagonal shape of it is built that way so you can have places to store bodies, somewhat like cordwood uh, during the winter time. So Okay, and I've heard that if you're tall, you got charged more than if you were short. 
<laughs> well, I can't speak directly to that, Mark, but there might be a little bit about that, perhaps. But uh, no, uh, and I should also mention is the only piece of our property that has been given the historic designation by the city of Richmond Hill. And okay. so it's a wonderful, as you said, a, the Pioneer Cemetery that has existed here. And we have many of the founders of Richmond Hill mm -hmm. uh, here, as well as many beloved mayors, uh, like such as Dave Burles. And, mm -hmm. so, Very nice. Uh, yep. So your cemetery is also quite famous for having the graves of the character of uh, Margaret Atwood's alias Grace uh, novel. So, and I hear one sort of hidden. Uh, have you gone back and looked? I know they're in the back quarter. <laughs> uh, they are. Um, th there's no grave markers uh, for them because uh, of, of the particular circumstance. And they were laid to rest uh, differently in a different position. Again, so to not show respect. And we've had people come up mm -hmm. looking in particular to find those grave markers, having read uh, Margaret Atwood's book. That's yeah, right. so it's another oddity of your of the church. So not just the octagonal dead house. Okay. No, no, right. It, it's part of the church's history for sure. It is, yeah. And the history of Richmond Hill. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. so moving away from the doom and gloom of cemeteries, sort of, um, we'll talk about blue Christmas service, December 21st. Uh, I will admit that I had not heard of Blue Christmas or Longest Night of the Year services until I started posting them on On Richmond Hill. So can you explain the concept? And it's a joint venture with uh, other nearby churches. It is indeed. Uh, Richmond Hill has had the tradition of an ecumenical uh, Christian ministry. And as part of that ministry, the churches come together to provide a longest night or blue Christmas service for the community. Now the blue Christmas service is typically held on December 21st, the longest night of the year, the winter solstice. And it's meant to acknowledge that for some people, Christmas is not a joyful and, and festive time. It can be a very sad time, especially when one is mourning the loss of a loved one. And that's how it originally started as a way to acknowledge that and to provide a space for reflection, space to be comforted, to be consoled, a space just to come and remember your loved one. But over the years, especially as the world has changed, it's come to represent this feeling of loss in general not only for someone who's passed away, but loss of many things, loss of jobs, uh, income, housing, any sort of insecurity that we may have. And so many people today, especially when we look at the world and see the world in its state, there is this sense of loss and insecurity. And Blue Christmas acknowledges the fact that, yes, it's okay to feel those things. And here's a place where you can come and be comforted and consoled. And again, try and commune with God in, in that place. So is there music? Is there, uh, is, does someone lead the service? Yes. So each of the ministers from uh, the five participating churches have a part in it. Uh, there are uh, appropriate hymns, typically Advent hymns, 
that we we sing. Uh, the Richmond Hill Presbyterian Choir, along with uh, members from other choirs, will be singing as well. And this year, uh, the Reverend Karen Dale from Richmond Hill United uh, has created a salt ritual uh, for us. And what the salt ritual represents is the fact that, yes, there is sadness. And it sadness oftentimes gets expressed through tears. And it's the salt ritual is an opportunity to place some salt into water and representing the fact that we are sharing our tears with each other and that it's all right to shed tears and to be sad during what the world wants us to be a very festive time. Okay. That sounds very meaningful. Okay. It is. And, and as well, um, we're very fortunate that, uh, our friends, Marshall's Funeral Home has been a sponsor of the service for many, many years and provides refreshments afterwards. Again, as a way just to build community and, yeah. and to provide comfort. Uh, yeah. So it's a wonderful evening if, if you are feeling that way. Okay, so good. So there's an open invitation for that. That's December 21st at 7.30 p.m. Yeah. Thursday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get another really big open-ended question for you. How do you feel about Christmas? Oh, I love Christmas. I love, especially ever since um, I became a father, watching my children uh, go through the experience of Christmas is is wonderful. Even now that they're in their 20s, I still love Christmas. It's a wonderful uh, time of year where the, the, the love and, and joy of sharing of being together uh, as part of one family is felt by all. Yeah. It's just, it's just a wonderful uh, time of year. Right. Thank you for that. I, I feel likewise. Okay. Christmas really is preceded by Advent. And since I grew up, grew up without regular attendance at church, Christmas Advent was, you know, the calendar with 24 windows open for chocolates. So I know now that it's celebrated for the four Sundays before Christmas and there are different colored candles. Uh, Can you fill in the blanks and really describe what Advent really is? Advent, similar to Lent, is a period within the church's year that allows people to pause and reflect on what is about to come. So in the case of Advent, it's pausing to reflect on our remembrance of the birth of Christ. And it's much about watching and waiting. So watching for those signs in our lives where God wants to commune with us. God wants us, God is leading us to that manger on Christmas Day. And then waiting for those unexpected surprises that come along during the Advent journey as we continue to draw nearer and nearer uh, to Christ. It is a wonderful way to prepare ourselves for the birth of Christ, for our remembrance of the birth of Christ. If you think of all the other preparations that we do, getting ready for Christmas Day, whether it's the shopping or buying of uh, food for our our Christmas uh, dinner, 
Advent is, I would say, equally or far more important than those because it prepares our soul, it prepares our heart for that day. Even if you're not a Christian, having that time to reflect and to think about the goodwill, the spirit of Christmas, that the joy that you feel and the, the fellowship with others that you feel, it's an important thing to do to reflect upon, especially in the, our current times. Very, very good. Thank you for that. Okay. Since we're talking about reflecting, I'm now going to ask you, what are your goals for the next, for next year? Are there challenges in our community you'd like us to, you'd like to see addressed? We talked a little bit about the mission here at Richmond Hill Presbyterian, and it's important for me to relay what that vision is. So how we live out that mission is that we believe we are here to nourish the community in body, mind, and in spirit. And going along with that vision, that's much about what the next year will be for us, continuing on nourishing the community in body, mind, and spirit, and trying to find authentic ways in which we can do so. That meets the community and the people in the community where they are in their lives and in their circumstances. And of course, as you know, being a community connector, Richmond Hill faces homelessness, food insecurity, job insecurity, uh, mental health and isolation issues. And there is such a truly such a need for building community. You, know, you talk about the pancake breakfast and all the other events that I've been through this past year. And that is a common, common theme of all of them. Just this need to build more and more community so that we don't feel isolated anymore. We don't feel alone, that we feel like we're traveling together, that we're part of something bigger. That's one of the wonderful things about the community of Richmond Hill, that there's so many diverse groups and so many um, ways that you can engage in community. And I think that's what uh, Richmond Hill Presbyterian wants to do more and more of, continue to engage with the community, draw the community in, but also get out and be a part of the community and many other events that are put on. Very good. Yeah. And that leads us very well into the sort of last thing I'd like to get a response from you from. Question I ask all guests is name just one thing that you really like about this community. It would be the warmth mm-hmm. that I feel from community members. It's I, I felt it for decades and it continues on. And, and the more I involve myself in the community, the more I feel it. There's just this sense of genuine warmth, wanting to be together, wanting to break bread together, share together in different cultural and community events. That's what I love about Richmond Hill. And, the, and it's so I guess if there's anything, it's down to the people. It's the yeah. people of Richmond people. Hill that yeah. make up this wonderful community and spread that warmth, spread that love around. It makes it's such a wonderful feeling. I, I know you know it as well because. Uh, you're always out in the community as well. Yeah. yeah. So very good. Thank you for saying that. Uh, so and saying it so well. So I think we've had a great conversation. And uh, I think uh, I'm going to check back in with you in a year from now to see how you've done with uh, getting out in the community and seeing what's happened with the Presbyterian Church. But uh, I will certainly see you around many times in the next year. Yes, but, I know uh, you will. I, I, which I'm looking forward to. So thanks again, Robert. And uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> 
Well, blessings to you, Marge. Thank you for all that you do uh, as a community builder. But I'd also like to wish all of your listeners blessings for Christmas, that you find whatever it is you're searching for this Christmas, may you find it. And my blessings and the congregation's blessings for the new year. And, and again, may you continue to um, draw near in community, be together in community. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.